What is green? Apart from a color, obviously. It's the most important word in the world because it's at the heart of the battle to finance climate action. We need to understand what's really good for the environment and what's really going to slow climate change so that we can find the money to pay for it. If it's truly green, then it's going to help save humanity. And you'll find out what it is here with our Dictionary of Green Finance. I'm Matt, and this is Climate Solutions from the European Investment Bank. Changing our diet. A story about how our food is threatening the climate. Glossary. Blockchain. Sustainable diet. Climate change and agriculture. Food waste. We all grow up thinking of the connection between food and the climate. When we're only a few years old, we learn that we need sunshine and rain to make crops grow. In other words, the climate has an impact on our food. But climate change switches that around. The way we grow our food now has a big impact on the climate. And we're at a crisis point. If we want to stop climate change, we have to do some pretty hard thinking about what we eat and how we produce it. Our quest for food has historically been at the planet's expense. For millennia, when we wanted to raise animals or grow crops, nature was plowed over or chopped down or burned to a crisp to make room. That way of feeding ourselves has brought us to a crisis. As much as half of the Earth's forests were felled over the last 5,000 years. In the first decade of this century, tropical countries lost 7 million hectares of forests each year, mainly for agriculture. That's an area the size of Ireland. It's like destroying a forest the size of Luxembourg every 10 days. Well, Luxembourg is small, but it's an actual country. Feeding the world's 7.6 billion people is degrading ecosystems, depleting water resources, and driving climate change. Agriculture for food and non-food products like leather accounts for over one-third of global greenhouse gas emissions and roughly one-third of global energy demand. The world's population is expected to hit 11 billion by 2100. If we're to feed everybody without destroying the last of our natural resources, agriculture needs to find a way to coexist with nature. We have to make agriculture more efficient through innovation, reduce the roughly 30% of food that is currently lost or wasted, and rethink what and how we eat. Before the Industrial Revolution, a farmer was lucky if he was able to feed his family. After the Industrial Revolution, advances in machinery and technology enabled that one farmer to feed several hundred people. Intensive food production is often criticized, but it did enable us to feed large populations with relatively few human resources. Unfortunately, we may have overdone it. The ability to produce more food more cheaply has led to overdoses of chemical fertilizers, pesticides, and intensive animal production. The price we pay for food became the main driver in the industry, and for a long time the environmental impact was largely ignored. But we're bumping up against the limits of that approach. While global demand for food is expected to grow 98% by 2050, the available land suitable for agriculture will remain unchanged. We have to make agriculture less resource-intensive, more productive, and more sustainable. Big data is helping farmers track and better target their production. GPS soil sampling, for example, allows farmers to create soil fertility maps with information about a field's nutrients, its pH level, and other data. That enables farmers to make better decisions about which seeds, where to plant them, and what kinds of fertilizers to use. Farmers can also integrate data from other areas of the farm, information on crops or animal growth, 
financial figures, how much they have in stock or upcoming weather patterns, just to name a few. That information helps farmers to make quick and rational decisions in otherwise complex surroundings. It's not just about tracking life on the farm. Farmers can analyze the costs and benefits of certain kinds of production and better track supplies to reduce unnecessary inventory. Those efforts can in turn increase profitability and output. Technologies like blockchain-based smart monitoring systems aim to increase the transparency of supply chains by allowing a product to be traced back to a specific farm. Blockchain basically stores all transactions in blocks of code that are combined to form a single blockchain. The technology is able to track products according to certain parameters such as temperature, time to market, origin. Anyway, being able to track a product in such detail helps build consumer trust and improve food safety. For example, frozen food can be monitored to determine whether the food remained at freezing temperatures during transport. Blockchain technology has limits though. Storing a large number of transactions provides an incredible amount of information about a product, but the accumulation of information will increase the size of the blockchain over time. For blockchain to work in the agri-food industry, the technology needs to be able to manage greater amounts of data than is currently possible. The other side of the problem is this. When you think of high-tech startups and nerdy computer geniuses, you're probably not thinking of farmers. 56% of farmers in the European Union are 55 or older, and 31% are 65 or older. Most of these farmers were trained and educated before digital tools became widespread. The higher average age means that European farming is due for a change of guard, with a younger generation taking over. Younger generations grew up in a digital environment and tend to have an understanding of digital tools. Since the 1960s, the amount of food produced globally has exploded. Meat and vegetable oil production has doubled since 1961, according to the UN, and food calories per person has grown about one-third. The problem with that is this. Meat and dairy products produce more carbon emissions and require more land than vegetable sources of protein. In Brazil, the Amazon rainforest has often been burned or chopped down to make room for cattle ranching and crops used to feed livestock. Livestock feed is usually produced in one place and then transported to ranches in other areas like soybean crops from the Amazon that are shipped over to Europe to feed cattle. Those factors increase meat's overall carbon footprint. So what should we do? Well, if we're not going to become vegan, we should just stop wasting food. The numbers on this are stunning. About 25 to 30% of the food produced globally is wasted. And that's not just by picky six-year-olds. Wasted food accounted for 10% of greenhouse gas emissions in the first half of this decade. Some governments are getting to grips with this. France throws away an estimated 10 million tons or 10 billion kilos of food each year. So the French government passed a law in 2016 that required supermarkets to stop throwing out or destroying unsold produce that can still be consumed. Instead, they have to give it to food banks or other charities. A number of countries have followed with similar laws, including Italy, Finland, the Czech Republic, Peru. In 2018, France went a step further and passed a law requiring the agri-food and industrial catering industry to do the same thing as supermarkets. So where do we go from here? We need to use the enormous technological tools we have at our disposal to make agriculture less destructive and more productive. We must help all countries catch up with innovations that requires money and new ways of funding agri-food innovators, things like crowd lending platforms. None of this matters, though, unless 
society starts to see the real impact of our daily food choices and adjusts accordingly, whether it be by cutting waste or eating different food. Governments need to look at agriculture not just as an industry, but as an environmental factor. Then they can put the necessary policies and incentives in place. Don't forget to subscribe to Climate Solutions on the digital device that you're listening to right now, because our next episode is about the digital footprint of your devices and how bad they may be for our climate. Thanks for listening to Climate Solutions from the European Investment Bank, the EU Climate Bank.